0: Take the cord itself, pull it up through your strap so it doesn't hang like that. Like a mute mute his guitar real quick. Mute his guitar. It's muted right now? Okay. So unplug your guitar. Hmm. We're still getting it and it's not plugged in. Oh! Check,
1: check, 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 one, two.
0: Yeah, other one. Nothing? This new series called Vision 2020, and we're going to be looking at uh, clarifying and looking into and discovering our mission, vision, and values, and so over the next month, we're just going to unpack that for you. It's going to be a great series, um, and I w- actually, I want to encourage you guys, if you guys uh, have people in your lives that feel like they're wandering they don't have purpose. They're just kind of go- bouncing from thing to thing. This would be a great series because not only are we going to talk about the mission of the church, but we're also going to talk about our lives and how we get caught up in God's mission. And so um, no matter if you've been churched or for your whole life or maybe you've never been to church, this would be a great series to invite a, somebody on that journey with over, over the next month. So we're going to start that next next week. And before I introduce our guest speaker, let me say uh, two things. One, so it's Family Sunday. We do this four times a year on our fifth Sundays. And so what that means is it's a little loud and crazy in here. And if you're a mom or dad that has little ones, there's tons of grace for you. And it's just okay. Like, our kids just, it's okay that they're loud, right? And actually, I think it's okay for us as adults, especially if you, like, have maybe all your doubts are. all of your kids are out of the house for you to remember what it's like and for you to be able to even be praying for our families, right? So kids, make your voice loud and strong this morning, or maybe not too loud. Um, but it's okay that they're with us, right? It's, it's, just, it's just, and there's lots of grace as they're with us this morning. Um, let me introduce, we've talked about our Thrive Model a lot, and we've talked about what does that mean for us as a church, but um, we talked about this idea of, There's equip uh, groups coming up, and we're going to start those in January. Equip groups are a way for you guys to get equipped, formerly known as our growth groups. And we want to be equipped to do God's work. We don't want to just understand it. And I think that that's one of the problems in the American church is that we have so much head knowledge, but we don't actually know how to live it out. And embody our faith. And so we're learning how do we actually do that on a regular basis. So um, this is our Thrive Model. Um, it's based off John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. And so here at the Vineyard we're saying there's four areas that we think that that this is our discipleship pathway. Worship God, that's our Sunday morning services. Um, that's your own devotional lives. The second part is be in community. Those are our Vineyard community groups that meet throughout the week. Um, And that third area is called getting equipped. And that's where we believe that every single one of you has a purpose and a plan. And if you don't step into your unique calling in the local church, it will not happen. What? No, that's really true. If you don't do what God's calling you to do and use your gifts, it isn't, it's almost like, There's this hole. And so nobody else can do that. And so a lot of us, this is going to be us discovering that in our own lives, okay? And the last one is do the stuff. In order to do the stuff, we have to be equipped to do it. So we're talking about doing the stuff or being the hands and feet of Jesus in our communities. But a lot of times there's this disconnect, and we want to get you guys equipped so you feel ready to take on the world and tackle what God's called you to tackle, okay? Okay. so jump into, and, um, jump into not only a quick course that's coming up in January, but for some of you that have been pondering, should I be leading one, uh, talk to Vicky and we'll get you set up, OK? OK. Becky. Becky Cornelius is going to be. Um, so, Becky, come here talk about a blessing that we have as a church right here. Yeah. In this little package, God is doing all kinds of things. She's, um, she was away doing YWAM for a while, and, and she's back, and so we just want to bless her. I want to pray for her, but I want you to know, like, what a gift we have right here in Becky Cornelius. So let me just pray for her as she's going to be sharing with us. And since it's Family Sunday, we keep it short and sweet to help our families out a little bit, right? Um, but so Lord we thank you for Becky and thank you for her heart for the local church and Lord we just pray that you that we'd experience the nearness of your spirit Lord be our teacher this morning we love you Jesus amen, amen.
1: Thank you John that was so kind of you good morning everybody good morning. Good morning. Than let's actually start this out so that we can all get it out of our system as loud as we can including the kids ready happy Ready? One, two, three. Happy New Year. I think we can do a little bit better than that. I didn't hear all the kids in that, but ready? Let's get it off our system. Let's get ready for it. Is it Tuesday night we're doing this? Ready? One, two, three. Happy oh, yeah, you guys. Now, I personally love Family Fun Day because it's kids in here and it's youth and there's energy and it's like so much fun. So, The other good thing about it is that it's a short message, so we're gonna be like, we're gonna be out of here, rolling out of here soon, going to get some good, uh, I think, um, burgers and hot dogs and things like that today, but can you believe it? Can you believe that we are at the end of another year and the end of another decade? For some of you, that's just been one decade, but for some of us, it's been another decade and it's hard to believe that we are at the end of another year. I remember. Earlier this year, uh, a team of us, we were in Africa, and uh, as we're sitting in Uganda in in January, and it's so hot, and so we're literally, we're singing Christmas carols, because it's just trying to mentally cool us down by singing these uh, Christmas carols. But I remember telling everybody, I said, you know what, pretty soon it's going to be October. And we're going to look back on this trip, and it's just going to be a blip of time. And indeed, we got to October, and how did I know it was October because the Dodgers had an early exit in the playoffs. (laughs) I know, I know, it hurts. We're we're gearing up again. But October came, and now here we are, a couple of days away from closing out the end of a new year and entering into a new new decade and a new year. But certainly, Scripture is full of uh, things that we talk about, such as seasons in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, It talks about that there is a time for everything. There is a season for everything. And throughout that scripture, it tells us there's seasons for every kinds of things. And uh, in the times of seasons, as we transition from 2019 into 2020, as we transition from this series that John has been is about this journey to Bethlehem, and now we're leaving away from Bethlehem and transitioning into 2020, what does that look like? How do we transition well? There's a number of things that we can talk about today, but there were three things that really came to mind as we talked about entering into a new season, being in this time of transition. You know, times of transition are actually really good for us. They allow us space to be able to look at what was, what has been good, what hasn't been so good, and then preparing for things that might be ahead. And certainly in this week between Christmas and New Year's, that is actually a week of transition that we're preparing for the new year. So how do we transition well? Well, first point today is very simply that we want to celebrate well. We want to celebrate well. In Ecclesiastes has said that there is a time to laugh and there is a time to dance, a time of celebration. You know, scripture is full of celebrations. In the Old Testament, God had the Israelites set aside specific times of celebrating and remembering what he had done in their lives. We see even in the New Testament when Jesus, uh, his first miracle was at where, kids? as a wedding, right? It was a time of celebration, and the God is a big celebrator of things and of people. You guys remember the fun time we had with the baptism a few weeks ago, and it was so much fun, and the celebrations, and we were all like gearing up, and I was thinking, at that time, I was playing keys, and I'm like, Kevin is doing the same thing right now, but even bigger, Right? Because we celebrate people coming into the kingdom. When I think about celebrations, I think about in a couple of uh, days, if uh, Creed and Vanessa want to come on up, they're going to help us out today. Yeah, give them a big hand, you guys. Well, we should get happy when our youth are involved, right? Yeah. Um, But how many here, I just have a quick question. How many here actually stay up late and and see the midnight uh, New Year come in? Not bad, not, not bad. Okay, so how many actually go to bed and you choose to celebrate in the morning? Okay, a little fewer hands. Okay, I'm pretty impressed. How many actually, I've heard this one before, but actually they watch the ball drop in New York and then they go to bed? Oh, yeah, okay, it is. It's true. It happens. Okay, um, good. So we're talking about celebration. So I asked uh, Creen and Vanessa to come up. And uh, share with us about what they've been. What is good about 2019, or what what, what are you celebrating about 2019? So, Creed, why don't you uh, start us off? Okay. First of all, I'm in high school now, <laughs> so yeah, I'm technically a man. So don't <laughs> don't be scared, okay? And uh, our family moved into a new house, so that's good. not like get rid of, but mainly like lose people that weren't really helping me better myself and like that were just kind of toxic in my life. But I mean, since I've done that, like I've been more happy and I've been more able, I've been able to open up to people more and like just be able to like, you know, be me. Thank you so much. Yeah, Vanessa, we love you. We love you guys, and we love the youth here. Um, I love seeing them because they're they are not a part of our church. They are our church, right? And and we love them, and we love having them in with us today. Um, thank you again for that. So when we think of celebrations, then, we can think of them really in two ways, right? We can think of celebration in the big things, and hopefully over the last year or the last 10 years the last decade, you can look back with your family and your friends, and you see these, big celebrations, right? We celebrate things such as um, birthdays, all right? We celebrate, hopefully you've had uh, weddings in your family or you've had new births and babies and grandchildren. Perhaps it's been a a graduation or promotion from one grade to the next or graduating high school into college or in the workforce. Or perhaps it's been a promotion at work, or perhaps somebody here has uh, retired, and that's been a celebration and celebrating a career and entering into a new season. But we also think about celebrations in small things. And in these things, we really want to remember God's faithfulness in all of these celebrations. When we think about the small things, and I personally think about 10 years ago, I'd been laid off, or the recession had hit hard, and I'd been laid off, and I remember just looking back over those couple of years and saying, God, you've been so faithful to provide from week to week. When uh, you always provided food, uh, you always provided uh, bills to be paid, rent to be covered. For as many of us, we can look at the day or the last year and say, you know what, God, maybe we haven't had big things happen in our family or home, but you know what, you've been faithful. You've been faithful to provide for me, care when I've needed uh, physical health care, whatever that is for you. That you've given us the grace each day that we need to live out the life that we're living right now. So when we think about celebrations, we think about the big things, celebrating those and seasons of that, and we think about uh, the uh, what I might call the smaller things. But through them all, remembering God's faithfulness to us. The second point then is that we want to celebrate well, but we also want to grieve well. Ecclesiastes also speaks about that there is a time to weep and a time to mourn. And when I think about, uh, when I think about grieving, I think about really in terms of two things. I think about grieving who, and I think about grieving what. And For some of you this, this uh, day, you're entering into a new year, you're entering into a new decade, and there have been people that you have lost in your life, perhaps as a spouse, a close friend, a parent, and you've been living out kind of a new normal of what it is to do holidays and new seasons in a way without the person that you've loved the most. I know that I've been there over the last decade. I've lost my mom, and I've lost a couple of friends that had cancer, and they died way too early, and it was like, it was hard. And so for many of us, we've been in those places, and we grieve the who. And grieving is a good thing to do. I think our culture still struggles with it at times. But I just want to encourage you that if you're in the midst of grieving, that grief just simply takes as long as it takes. That there's no really uh, way to do it. You just do it. That it's good for our souls to grieve and to feel the sadness and the things that we've lost or the people that we've lost. But I also think about grieving the what's. And these, I think, are more common to us than what we really realize the grieving the what's are the situations and circumstances in our life that have changed us in a different way, that we've had to look at life a little different. You know, perhaps for some of you this this year, in the last few years, you've had a diagnosis hit your family, and it's just like it has shook your family to the core, and you're looking at living life in a different way. Or perhaps your body doesn't work as well, and you're learning to live life in a different way, and we kind of think about the old days when we've been uh, a little healthier or whatnot. Perhaps for you, you've lost a job or, or there's a, 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 a sense of, of not having the same income that you're used to or the same lifestyle. Perhaps it's just been changing. You've changed and you've moved cities or you've moved into a different home and, and a home that you really loved or whatnot. But there's a grief, a sadness that comes with that. And I think sometimes we're a little hard on ourselves when we don't recognize and are just present with that loss and that it's important to do that. But the important thing is to not stay stuck there. And often sometimes when we have a loss, when we have uh, somebody who's died or when we have a loss of some sort, we can stay stuck in that year. And God wants us to always be having a healed soul. Remember the series that John did this uh, this summer on, on the soul and taking care of our soul? And a part of that is watching over those emotions and things like that. And trust me, I'm the last person that likes to deal with emotions. I'm like, I like to stay in my head. I like to logic things out. But God has given us feelings and emotions for a reason. And a part of that is being able to grieve some of those things so that we can transition well and move forward. In that, we want to remember God's goodness. We want to remember God's goodness in the midst of grief. You know, the best way that I can illustrate this, because when I often think of grief, I don't think of God's goodness. There's a story, it's a true event of a, A doctor that I actually knew, he lived in the Midwest. He was from our our town, and we have a smaller town. His name was Dr. Arnold. He was a strong Christian, the patriarch of his family, but he had, uh, it was about 10 years ago, he had four adult children. Two of them were men in their 30s. The youngest boy, Chad, had a rare liver disease that he had developed somewhere. He had been a missionary his whole life. They don't know exactly how he had developed it, but he was in his uh, early 30s, and and, and his doctor said, you know, Chad, I'm sorry, but uh, you're... If you don't get a new liver, you're going to die very soon. And so there were two ways of being able to uh, help Chad get a new liver. One is through a donor um, and and waiting for a liver and getting on a list. And then the second one was that somebody who had his same blood match and blood type and was healthy could donate two-thirds of his or her liver to Chad, and he would be able to uh, hopefully live a longer life. So Chad had decided that he didn't want to have any of his family or anybody that he knew help, but his brother, his older brother, Dr. Ryan, who was going to take over and had just started to take over the practice for Dr. Arnold, his father, said, no, I'm going to do this for my brother. He was the same blood type in the match. He was 38 years old, and he was healthy, and so Chad finally relented and said, "Okay." So a few months later, they went to Colorado where they were going to. uh, They did the surgery. The surgery was successful. In fact, the doctors were in about two days were amazed that the negative symptoms that Chad had been experiencing that were now dissipating and going away because of the added uh, healthy tissue to his liver. But on the other flip side, Dr. Ryan, who was about 38. Uh, on the third day of the uh, transplant, which is the most important day for any transplant giver, um, at 38 years of old, suffered a cardiac arrest. He was a healthy man, three young children, and had done this out of his love for his, uh, for his brother. So a few days, a few hours later then, uh, Dr. Arnold walked into Chad's room, and Chad was on the same floor as his brother, Dr. Ryan, and he had heard the code blue earlier and knew what was going on with his brother, and his father, Dr. Arnold, walks in, obviously a very strong Christian, a strong man, belief in God. He walks in and he says, Chad, Ryan's dead, but we serve a good God. And when I read that in that writing, it, it messed with my mind a little bit because here I knew this family, and it was obviously uh, it was a tragedy that took place in the midst of a brother trying to help another brother, yet the, the father, the patriarch, was saying, this has happened in the midst of their own grief, in the midst of their own shock, in the midst of the crisis of the last few hours that had taken place, he was said, but we serve a good God. And essentially, what was he saying in terms of that? He was saying, listen, in spite of our circumstances... We still serve a God who is good and loving and benevolent and kind and caring towards us, that he is a good father towards us, and that if we experience those same characteristics of God in the good times, then we can anticipate and expect that he will be the same towards us in the bad times, in the grieving times, in the hard times. And as I began to think about that, and I began to see God in terms of his character, Now, who he is towards us, not just in the good times, but as well as in the the negative times. Because for me, often I can put God up on the witness stand and say, God, why did you, why did you, why did you? Instead of saying, God, because your character is good and loving and kind. I just felt like somebody here needs to know today that in spite of what you're going through, that God is so good towards you. He's so caring towards you. He's so loving towards you. And I love what it says in J- James 4.4. 4, I don't have it, but it just comes to mind. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And I think about that, and I think it's not so much that God is out here, but that we're just becoming aware and opening up our eyes spiritually and saying, God, where are you at today? Where are you at? And for you, just as John talked about last week, that he is with you jesus emmanuel god with us that is the message of christmas so how do we transition well we celebrate well and we grieve well and lastly third point or third headed to home we want to remember that our king is near we want to remember that our king is near. The whole message of Christmas is that God came from outside of time into time. That still blows my mind as I think about thinking, man, you got, you've you come from outside of time. You came into time to be with us, to reveal who you are to us. And yet, then he came in the form of a babe. You know, in Mark 1 and 15 and 16, I love... Uh, what it says you know we, we we talk about jesus at the christmas story we've we've talked about the major figures um in the in the last series and what we can learn from them and now we're transitioning and moving from christmas into 2020 into a new year and i was thinking about jesus and you know we don't hear a lot about jesus from the time of his birth right to the time of his earthly ministry and i just find that interesting and uh and so as uh, Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, as uh, time, time, seasonal season. Okay, there we are, thank you very much. You guys are always so gracious. Um, I'm actually starting to think about lunch. That was my problem. I started to think about burgers, so I burgers. I'm sorry. It's my issue, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just how I roll sometimes. But um, you're, you're there too, don't, you're, you're there too. I know you are. Um, but when we think about Jesus, we, we have this amazing story of the Christmas story, the Christmas event, and how it changed us and how it can change us as, as we tap into what all the, especially over the last, uh, the figures in the story and what we can learn from in the lessons. But then we don't hear much from Jesus. And, and, and what we do hear is that when he was 12 years old, right, uh, when he was found in the synagogue. And can you imagine, I was just thinking about uh Joseph and Mary you know can you imagine the whole family's been to Passover they're traveling with their friends they're traveling with their family they're on their way out they've been traveling for a day Joseph looks over at Mary and is like hey have you seen Jesus and Mary's like no I thought you were watching him and like Joseph's like no I thought you were watching him and going back and forth and can you imagine that just even as they realize that where is our son like, they, they lost God. Can you imagine? Like, they're like, they didn't just, they lost God. Now, nobody here has had such a bad of a day, right? That you've lost God, right? But of course, we jest in that, and, and we see Jesus come on the scene. And what are some of the first words that he speaks? He says, Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. He's saying repent. He's saying, hey, change the way that you've been seeing the kingdom and how it is. Change the way that you see your king because your king is here. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like Jesus was in my life at some point, and he was present. And then all of a sudden, he's just kind of disappeared, and I don't know where God is at. But but today, I want to remind you that your king is ever near you. And the kingdom of God that he began to usher in, it isn't like a kingdom in terms of, hey, the kingdom of God is near. Like, hey, on Tuesday, the kingdom of God is going to come. No, it's saying spatially, it's saying the kingdom of God is is here now and so for each one of us that is the peace that comes the joy that comes the presence of god that comes that your emmanuel your king is with you and ever present and near you and sometimes we just need to allow ourselves to be like god show me where you're at because friend he's with you today sometimes it's hard to see it we sung about it today but we trust that he is near us that he is with us And if that's you today, take heart that your king, your king is near. He's working in and through your life. He's working in your life. Even there are things that you don't understand, that you don't get, that things that you're still working on here in 2019 and you know are going with you into 2020, be reminded today with the hope that comes with the message of Christmas. That Israel, in their deepest, darkest time, when they hadn't heard from God in 400 years, that God came way that we never thought he would in the form of a babe to bring hope the same hope that all over the world today we're celebrating the birth of Christ as we begin to close out today we want to remind ourselves that transition's good and in transitioning we want to celebrate well, we want to grieve well we want to remember that our king, our Jesus is near us As we begin to um, close out, why don't we go ahead and stand? We we really are about done. We'll get out to the front. You guys have been great. Kids have been awesome. It's been fun having them here. You might be sitting here today, and, and, you know, you might be even being like, I don't even know why I'm in church today. Like, it's the end of the year. I just felt like I needed to come. But there's something in you that says, you know, I don't know this king that you're talking about, this Jesus. Maybe I've known him growing up in religion, or just people have talked to me about him. But, but there's something in you that I want to be in a relationship. And that's exactly what Christ came. That is why Jesus came to be in a relationship with us. Listen, the sin issue is taken care of. That was taken care of at the cross. When we celebrate in a few months at Easter. The issue is just us surrendering to him and saying, "I want you present in my life. I want to change the way." I think about the kingdom. I want to change the way I think about God. So with every bow, uh, head bowed, eyes closed, if that's you today, if you would just, if you're saying, you know, I want to walk into 2020 differently. I want to walk into 2020 with a relationship with this this king, this Jesus. If that's you today, if you would just put your hand up, I can see it. Yeah, I see those. You are in a place where you want to just, you're in a place of, 2019's been a little hard for you, but you've been feeling a little distant from God. His word is that you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. That's a promise. You say, you know what, I just want to just recommit. I just want to say, God, today I'm recommitting my life to you. I'm surrendering my life to you again. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. We want to pray with you. Yeah, I see those hands. And if you raise your hand and you you surrender your life to God, and, and this is really for you has been a first time, would you come and talk to myself? The pastor John He's going to come up in a little bit. I want to talk with you and just make sure you're on a track that's going to help you grow. But secondly, you might be in a place today and you're saying back, I'm really good. Like my family, we're good. We're celebrating and we want to rejoice with you in that and and walking into 2020 with you. But there might be some here today that you're saying, you know what, I'm feeling a little stuck. There's some things or people that I've lost in my life that, man, it's just tough right now. And if that's you, we're going to have our prayer ministry team come up. And if that's you today and you just want to share with somebody that they would agree with you in prayer about how to uh, move forward and that God would give you wisdom and most of all that you would just sense a hope and peace, then uh, prayer team, you can come on up. And uh, thirdly, we're going to have also kids come up and pray. We had some in our pre-morning prayer. We had some physical needs that came up that the prayer team felt like the Holy Spirit just wanted to kind of touch and minister to. And those, uh, those physical needs are felt like if you, if you have a left knee that's been pain or bothering you and that you, you need some prayer for that, um, upper respiratory issues, uh, if you've been experiencing ringing in the ear and you need God to touch you in that, we can also pray for that. Um, if you're having physical heart issues, and as well as some vision ties, uh, some eye issues, maybe you're been having some pain or some issues there, uh, we would love for the kids, if, they, if the kids are feeling comfortable coming up and praying for that as well. Also, there's some spiritual things. If you're experiencing loneliness in this time, we would ask that um, if you feel comfortable, that we want to pray with you in that. Also, if you just need a refreshing of a hope, there's one other, if you feel like, it and this was the picture, it says, your feet, you feel like your feet are in cement, and you just can't move forward, and if, if you connect that somebody, something, you want somebody to prayer, come ahead, come forward, we'd love to pray with you, as a uh,